Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome back, everybody. It's 135 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Quickly into the Oilers Now injury report. It's brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. James H. Brown, proud supporters of the Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Elks, U of A Golden Bears. Trent Brown, a two-time CFL All-Star. Probably the best football player produced at the University of Alberta the last 40-plus years. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. We will tell you, Kyrie Yamamoto closing in on a potential return. You heard Ken Holland on yesterday's edition of Oilers Now. Uh, Oilers are going to have to get creative to find a way to get Yamamoto into the lineup if he does indeed come off LTIR and play on the weekend. Brendan, we good to go here? Yes, sir. Fire it up. Oh, all right. We're going to go to our Oilers now headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Uh, search for Will Hawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. We'll tell you uh, three locations in the Edmonton area to serve you. You've heard our next guest multiple times on the show as either the assistant general manager of the Edmonton Oilers, two stints, or conversely, the GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He is now the president and the CEO of the American Hockey League. We'd like to welcome back to the show, Scott Housen. Hi, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Bob. How are you? Well, the orders are 8-0-1 in their last nine. How do you think I'm doing? <laughs> yeah, that's good. I saw, I watched, I almost, I don't get to see all the games. And uh, obviously uh, I like watching the Oilers because I know a lot of the players because I used to work with them. And, uh, and I did see most of the game last night. So uh, a nice win for the team. Yeah, you left the organization after the 1920 season. So how many, like, uh, I, I guess McLeod was an 18 draft pick. Um, Bouchard was yeah, an Bouchard, 18 draft pick. Uh, Skinner. 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 So yeah, in, that role, in that role, would you, would you have been going back and forth into Bakersfield a bit, but also out on the trails to see guys like McLeod and Bouchard play in junior? Yes, I, I didn't do much with Bakersfield. I was more out in junior Europe. I went and saw Broberg play, Nima Lainen play, um, and all the European picks. And, and uh, I spent one week in, uh, in in Spokane with Kyle Yamamoto. I remember that very distinctly. So, yeah, I, would, I didn't do much in Bakersfield. I was more uh, with the guys in the field. Yeah, that's kind of the role that Steve Stales is in right now, Scott. And I, I guess for you, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you saw the stat. I, you would have probably been watching the ESPN broadcast, but I used it during the second intermission. The Oilers, um, when McDavid and Drysaddle are not on the ice five on five, the last three years have basically been about a minus 20 in goal differential each of the last yeah. three seasons. After last night, they're now plus nine without their, their, you know, their two big guns out there five on five. And I think that speaks to depth. But I think it also, I think it should excite a lot of Oiler fans about the maturation and progression and growth of some of the Oilers' younger players uh, that they're now keeping their head above water when they're out on the ice. Yeah, that's a really positive sign. I remember talking to Kenny Holland and Bill Scott at one point before I left. And, you know, Kenny was relatively new to the organization. And, and we all said, we just have to get it so that when McDavid and Drysdale aren't on the ice, uh, we play even, and then we let them decide the game. And uh, now it looks like the Oilers are doing better that's, than that. So that's really good news. All right. Uh, tell me about uh, the you're in. Is this year three now with the American Hockey League? It is. Third year, yes. Talk about 
I guess, a contrast from the COVID world and, you know, the Pacific Division a couple of years ago being the only division that had a, a playoff. And, and now you're kind of back up and at them. So how's the business of the AHL right now? Yeah, the business is really strong. Uh, we've come out of the... We've come out of the COVID pandemic uh, very strong. Um, you know, our, a lot of our a lot of our business is tickets, and a lot of our tickets is group sales. And group sales have been, I don't want to say non-existent. They were non-existent uh, in year one. Last year, uh, they picked up a little bit in the second half, but not much. But this year, we're going strong. So we're going to have. Uh, we added a 30-second franchise in Coachella Valley, which is Seattle's team. So we're going to have records in ticket revenue, average ticket revenue per game, average ticket revenue uh, per team. So it's it's really it's really been a, a strong start, and I'm looking forward to our sec- a really strong second half. Our attendance numbers are are uh, are quite strong. We're joined by the president and CEO of the American Hockey League, Scott Housen. Scott, uh, Vegas and Seattle at the NHL level. Like Edmonton, as you know, are revenue contributors. Top nine teams in the league contributed to revenue sharing. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Coachella Valley, uh, which is Seattle's farm team. Henderson is Vegas's. Are, are those two of the, uh, the hotter AHL markets right now for you that are helping drive a little bit of the train? Yeah, they are right now. I mean, Coachella Valley got a late start because they didn't, they're building their arena, brand new arena, beautiful arena, didn't open until uh, middle of December. So they haven't played many home games, but I would expect at the end of the day, Henderson and, uh, and Coachella Valley are going to be in the top three or four teams, if not one and two. So yeah, they are, they are, uh, very strong franchises and doing very well, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the revenue generation, whether it's tickets or corporate. So you're up to 32 teams in the American Hockey League. What's the split on uh, NHL teams that own their affiliate as opposed to independents that the NHL teams partner with? We have 21 uh, teams that are owned by NHL teams, and then we have 11 independent owners. Um, uh, one of those independent owners is the Cleveland Cavaliers. So um, it's, it, that's that's a little. So I, I would call them a little bit in the middle because of uh, because they're they're like an NHL owned team. It's just it's a, it's a it's a different sport. That's all. So. Yeah. Has there, uh, so, you, so you've got this sort of relationship and, you know, each organization's in different cycles and that sort of thing. I, uh, Scott, as you know, I, I was in Calgary last weekend because I hadn't seen Bakersfield play in person this year and I wanted to go down and see a couple games and I was pleased to see how competitive they were. Calgary's got a, a real heavy, tough team. They got a big team. Uh, they've got some skill. They got a good team. They're, they're one of the best teams in the league. Um, is are, are we seeing because we, we just had Alan May on the show? Are, are we seeing and you played for a while in the American Hockey League in a time in which every team seemingly had three or four, you know, fighters on every team? Are we seeing the league kind of mirror the NHL and there's maybe less of that than ever before? I think a little bit to a certain extent. I think it's a, a little more prevalent in our league um, that the teams uh, try and make sure they're not going to get intimidated. But those those numbers are coming down. Fighting is certainly coming down drastically from what it was a decade ago. Uh, so it is mirroring the NHL in in the in 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 that way. We still would have more penalty minutes per game uh, than the NHL does. So uh, we'd we'd be a little bit behind that way. But uh, I would agree with you that it's it's more skill. It's more speed. It's it's more, uh, you know, talent as opposed to uh, uh, trying to slug away there. 
Uh, why was the AHL All-Star Game infinitely better than the NHL All-Star Game? Because it was, yeah, and I don't know if it was the crowd in Laval or, you know, it, it just, the tempo and the pace, you had the shorter periods. It just seemed like to be a, uh, I ended up watching a bit of it on the NHL Network on uh, on Monday night. It was a high, you had a highly entertaining game, didn't you? We did, and I, I give credit to, to two things. Really, it's 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 the fans. Uh, they were into it. They'd waited three years for it. Um, it got postponed twice on them because of COVID. So it was a long wait. But really, it's the players. The players were engaged. They were invested. They competed, uh, and they had fun. And uh, and you know, I think again that they feed off the crowd, and and they. Uh, they knew they were, you know, these guys don't get to get be on national television uh, certainly as much as the NHL guys do. So um, they were just they were ready to compete, and that was uh, it was a great showcase for the league. Maybe you can educate the listeners. What's the definition of a veteran uh, in the American Hockey League right now? Uh, 260 games. Uh, you know, it could be European elite games. It could be AHL games. 260 pro games, really. Um, and then there's one exemption that you could go up to 320. So you could have, each team could have really, it's the rule is really six veterans on your team. Uh, skaters, goalies don't count. So you can have older goalies if you want. But it's six skaters that are over 260 games. Has there ever been an impetus to go with more or conversely less than the six? Not much recently in my time, no. Uh, there's always talk about it, um, but uh, that's sort of where, we, where we've where we leveled off, and I think the teams are pretty happy with it. You do need veterans around um, to help be leaders for young players and give them guidance, and, uh, and obviously some teams have more than others, and some teams get into a veteran problem, have to scratch a veteran uh, on a nightly basis. But uh, really not much talk about it, and, and if we did, we'd have to talk to uh, – we have a players association just like the NHL as a players association so we'd have to talk to them about it yeah it's uh it, it's an interesting one i mean i just uh, again because there's different teams in terms of different levels of experience and and that sort of thing and i think it's uh noticeable what do you think's the biggest like scott you, you were you were a gm in the league um you got sergey Bobrovsky for the columbus blue jackets you navigated difficult times during the, the whole Rick Nassage situation, got a pretty good return in that trade in Columbus. Two stints running the farm, you know, one stint definitely running the farm team at Edmonton, the second sort of in a slightly different role uh, when uh, you worked with Craig McTavish prior to Pete Shirelli coming in. You stayed through the Shirelli regime uh, into the Ken Holland regime. What do you think's the biggest difference between an American, like a guy that's a, a really good offensive player at the AHL level, but unable to maybe, you know, Alex Giroux, like he, the guy was, or yeah, he scored 56 goals, you know, the one year in yeah, Hershey, yeah. And, and, but just couldn't yeah. make it as an NHL guy. What do you think is the greatest challenge for those guys? Well, I think two things come to mind. I think it, there's opportunity sometimes, and you just you just don't get the same opportunity that you're you're going to get. Like if you're if you're a young Oiler offensive player, like you, how much power play time are you going to get on an Oiler team this year? And that takes your numbers down, right? So um, it's opportunity. But I would say by and large, it's probably you know I don't want to be too general, but it's probably skating. Skating is uh, um, probably an issue for for sustainability at the NHL level. Anybody, a lot of players can go up there and skate uh, for one or two games or whatever. But can you do it for 82 games at that speed and that that level? And and that that becomes difficult for some of the players. 
Scott, what's the biggest challenge with the American Hockey League carrying forward from your end? Like, what sort of hurdles are you going to have to come over in the short term? Or are you out of that just because of how you kind of bounce back a bit in a ticket-driven league? Well, I think it's 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 really, you know, keep growing the game and uh, making sure we're getting, we're appealing to different audiences and, and making sure that we're uh, making the game accessible to people. Uh, so, our, as you know, uh, the, the barriers to entry in our sport are quite high from an economic standpoint. So, uh, making the game accessible and, uh, and making sure that we are growing the game so that we, it's a great game. We all know that and, and we've got to expose the game to as many people as possible. So, that's what we're trying to do and i get asked this regularly here on Oilers now scott housen joining us he is the uh president ceo of the american hockey league i get asked about the Oilers' partnership with bakersfield the other six canadian nhl teams are in canada uh, i've been to bakersfield i think matt riley does a pretty good job there and i think that's a really unique market maybe you can speak to it because you know the market well and why it makes sense for the edmonton Oilers. Well, it, was, it makes sense because it, it got them west for sure initially. But um, you know, it's the Pacific Division has really grown since it was first started in uh, 2015. It was a you know five team sort of bus league, and now we've got a ten ten team division. Um, so, uh, but it makes sense. It's right in the heart of California. They've got they've got a, a really good niche there, and uh, they're quite happy there. Uh, it's it's a good market for us. It's it's close to Ontario. It's close to San Diego, um, and they don't. How, you know that they get the rest and the travel days uh, are, are less uh, less less burdensome. Probably is what I'd say. So um, I'm not expecting anything uh, to happen there. I think Bakersfield is going to be with us as no other affiliate for a long, long time. Scott, great catching up with you. Thank you for joining us on Oilers Now. Okay, thanks, Bob. Have a good day. That is Scott. Yeah, absolutely. That's Scott Housen. He's the former uh, general manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets, president and CEO of the AHL. We'll come back with this day in Oilers history when we wrap up Oilers now. Thanks a lot, Leon. Leon Drysaddle, the Philadelphia Flyers uh, meet uh, the Oilers tomorrow. Leon drafted here in Philadelphia. In fact, Scott Housen was at the Scouts dinner uh, with Leon when they did the interview before the 2014 draft. How did that draft work out for the Edmontoners? I think pretty good. Royal Pizza, pizza passed in so much for February is Valentine's month at Royal Pizza. Enjoy your dinner for two, which includes your choice of salad. One of Royal Pizza's gourmet medium pizzas, followed by one of their delicious desserts, all for just $37.95. Royal Pizza is still making a great 15 locations in the Edmonton area. Everything's real at Royal. We head off to this day in Oilers history. A reminder about our trip to Los Angeles for New West travel. Travel to California this April to see the Oilers play the King of the Ducks, the Kings and the Ducks. You can reach out to New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. And back in the 630 Chad Studios, I remember this game well. John Garrett was really upset. Here's Brendan Escott. <laughs> I was reading the backstory to that. Don't have time to include it uh, here. But uh, Wayne Gretzky scoring four goals in the third period of 35th NHL All-Star game. He helped the Campbell Conference beat the Wales Conference 9-3 in a game at Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum on Long Island. Uh, Gretzky had just the four goals and stole MVP honors away from Garrett. 
And uh, that's when the teams played a little harder in the All-Star game. Like, it was a big deal back then. Reed Wilkins has inside sports night. I know he's got Jack Michaels on. What else has he got rolling? Yeah, you'll hear from uh, Kelly Rudy as well as Luke Gazdick from NHL on Sportsnet and Dylan Gunther, who is now a member of the Seattle Thunderbirds on that uh, powerhouse Western League team. Yeah. All right, so uh, tomorrow we'll have, we're working on a couple guests here for tomorrow's show, but we'll tell you that Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque is our regular Thursday contributor for GCL Diesel, and we'll have John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Wait and see, uh, might have something else for you pretty good coming up as well. Hmm. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, followed by Rob Bregenrich from 2 to 3, and then the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jay Lynn Nye. It's going to be a fun night in Philly, I can tell you that. Oh, to be a hole in the, to have a little ear pressed up against the glass in the conversation that's going to take place later tonight. It's going to be gold. Uh, off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin. Again, Jalen and I coming up uh, 3 to 6 today with 6.30 Chad afternoon. So long, everybody.